0: in many ways vision differentiates management from leadership managers manage things leaders lead people usually but when you manage things it's usually quarter to quarter month to month when you're a leader you're thinking possibly decades into the future because that's what's required of leadership especially visionary leadership
1: you're listening to the building a coaching culture podcast If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now here's your host, J.R. Flatter.
0: Hey, welcome back, everybody. J.R. Flatter here talking about building our house of leadership. As always, I'm here with Rosalie and Lucas. Say hi to everybody. Hello. Hello. And this session, we're focused a little bit of snippet on vision. As always, we'll invite you to join our long-term seminars that we do to build the house of leadership. Just trying to give you a little taste here, what it's all about. And we'll spend a week on each of these topics when you join us for that journey. So before we jump into vision, we want to talk about last session's topic, which was work, family, self. It's the third of our four pillars in the house leadership, standing on that foundation of courage. So hopefully you took time to journal not only about work, family, self, but about this journey that you're on. What does principles mean to your work, family, self? What does technical, cognitive, emotional mean to your work, family, self? And now we're going to lay that final pillar in place today, vision. Talking to significant others. Really important session, last session, for significant others because it involves them so much. What are we deciding to do? Where are we going together? And then balancing that, balancing the roles and responsibilities. A leader that you conspitered, especially work-family self-balanced. And then finally, a coach. If you do do the long journey with us, we'll we'll assign you a coach. What do you two think of last week, work-family self
1: it's one of my favorite topics because it's something that anyone can talk about. And like we talked about last week, it looks different for everybody. It also relates to one of my favorite coaching questions. What does your work family self currently look like? And what would mm. you like it to look like? It gives people a lot of time to to think. So yeah, it's just one of my favorite topics. And I could talk about it a lot.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a necessary precursor to vision because who does the vision end up you know, directly relating to these people in your lives, in work, family, and yourself. So,
0: yeah, for me, the message I would like to communicate is that you can balance it. It just takes some really hard decisions, and life constantly happens to you, and you have to readjust. But you can't lose hope. You just readjust. I was escorting the secretary of the navy a long, long time ago, and uh, he said, "Sergeant, the only." Constant in life is change. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. And <laughs> now, you know, it's true. So here we are in our vision, talking about this journey that we're on. We're probably right exactly halfway there. As much in front of us as behind us in this journey in this build. Really important characteristic here. Good amount of time defining it and talking about why it's so important, how it fits in, especially how it fits in. I'm a courageous leader, Therefore, I am visionary. I think into the future. I act into the future. The quote for this session, one of my favorites of all times, because I think it just encompasses especially what we're talking about here, but also this entire house of leadership and having the courage to go build that house of leadership. And it's by a guy named T.E. Lawrence, which the world might recognize as Lawrence of Arabia, who's not only a warrior, soldier, prolific author, poet. So this poem is called Dreamers of Day. All dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their mind wake in the day to find that it was vanity. But the dreamers of day are dangerous for they may act on their dreams with open eyes to make them possible. Such a powerful, powerful poem, especially for this idea of vision and to go out, espouse a vision Make it happen he is certainly a characteristic of a dreamer of day. Just a bit of academia before we move on. If you look at the characteristics of the house of leadership, we could have picked hundreds of others. Every piece of leadership literature mentions characteristics of leadership. But the one that's cited almost exclusively in every piece of literature is this idea of vision. In many ways, vision differentiates management from leadership. Managers manage things. Leaders lead people, usually. But when you manage things, it's usually quarter to quarter, month to month. When you're a leader, you're thinking possibly decades into the future. And that's exactly what we're going to ask you to do in a couple of minutes. Think decades into the future, because that's what's required of leadership, especially visionary leadership. Quick definition, and certainly this isn't the best in the world. It's kind of what we've made up over time. There's some similar characteristics in some of the other pillars. This idea of willingness and ability. So are you willing and able to think many years into the future? Common refrain when we talk to developing leaders, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I can't find room in my calendar. Well, if you wanna be a visionary leader, you better find time to think and act many years into the future. And that's the second characteristic. So willingness and ability to think, but also willingness and ability to take action today and every day to make those visions real.
2: I think um, it's really hard to stretch yourself out, you know, 30 years ahead, but that's kind of where you're looking at your like general direction and it's more practical to kind of narrow things down as you get closer. But it is about that T. Lawrence quote. It's not about being practical. It's about having, you know, a dream that you can look towards and, and that can affect your daily behavior. So I think it's really helpful.
1: Yeah, I think when you're thinking 30 years into the future, and we've talked about this before, but I never thought that when I was 19, when I first met you, that I'd be thinking <laughs> about like 40, 50-year-old Rosalie. Like that that was so, <laughs>
2: it
1: was so crazy to me to think about. But I realized how important it is, how I want to be successful at that time in my life. I definitely have a vision for what I want my work family self to look like, TCE to look like. But that's also super overwhelming to just think about completely. And so I love how we kind of break that up into 35-10-1 today, correct?
0: That's the very next slide we'll talk about.
1: Thank you. Yeah, but... I love that we break that down into, yes, you're thinking about yourself 30 years down the line, but you're also thinking about what you're doing today and how that will impact yourself down 30 years. But I also agree that leadership scholarship is really full of vision. I mean, I used to read Kusis and Posner in school, but it is really essential to looking to be where you want to be successful in life and um, informing what you'll do today to make it.
0: Yeah. So let's take a couple of minutes and talk about this because- I think it's really important to differentiate, you know, a few sessions ago, we differentiated ethics and morality and how they impacted principles, how they all work together. Well, goals, objectives, and key results are equally unique, but work very closely together. So let's take just a minute and talk about what is a goal versus what is an objective versus what is a key result. So goals, what you look at when you say, I'm visionary, those are goals. And so there are things in your life that would never change regardless of what happened. You got sick, if you got divorced, if you got fired, if your career ended, you were a buggy whip maker and the horseless carriage came along, right? Those kinds of things that happen that although your career's gone, your goals are still in place. So what are those things? They're pretty similar for a lot of us. We might have one or two different. You want to be alive. You want to be surrounded by people who love you, most of us. You don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck. And you want to be in a career that is fulfilling or have one behind you that's fulfilling or in front of you that's going to be fulfilling. Those are your goals. And there might be a few others that you might throw in there. For us, it was family. We want to grow as a family. For us, it was education. No matter what happened, we were going to be educated. And those are goals. Objectives are closer. So you're right, Rosalie, 35-1 today. Objectives are those five-year and one-year milestones that you know you need to accomplish to go to your goals. So five-year objectives are things like, I want my children to be doing successful in school. I want to be creating some financial freedom by saving money, contributing to their education funds. One-year objectives I want to run a marathon this year because I know it'll contribute to my five-year health, which will at least make it more likely that I'll make it to the next 30 years. Objectives are those milestones that are closer that we can put some detail to and put some rigor to. Goals are out there. They're fuzzy. They're, they don't move or change very much. might change if something catastrophic happened, but I wouldn't imagine me never wanting to be alive, I know eventually it's not going to happen. Never being surrounded by people who love me. Living paycheck to paycheck. Can't imagine not those things ever changing. And then the key results are those small incremental milestones that we measure where we're getting closer to our objectives. If you want to use a sports analogy, a key result would be a touchdown or a key result would be a field goal or a first down in American football. In cricket, it would be a run or an out. Those are key results that we can measure. They're finite and they all inform one another. So the 30 year informs the five year, the five year informs the one year, the one year informs today. And one of the things that we talk about when we talk about the today is when you lay your head on your pillow at night, can you say you got closer to your objectives? Can you say you got closer to your goals? If you can't, it might be time to go revisit your principles, revisit your work family self revisit your TCE, or maybe even revisit your vision. So I'll pause there and let you two jump in because you're at the very beginning of all this and I'm at the tail end of it. So we have two very different worldviews here.
2: So yeah, I mean, kind of what you were touching on with the long-term goals and, and, you know, it's easy to relate it to physical fitness, like running a marathon, like, okay, I need to train this much. And then I need to drink water today to make sure that I can train tomorrow. And I can't stay up too late on these days because I've scheduled things on, you know, so it goes from like this lofty thing, like, oh, I just want to be a healthy person that's going to live a long healthy life to more like concrete barriers you put around your own behavior and your own planning. So I think it's really practical in that way because it's easy to say, should I do this or should I do this instead? If you have those laid out in front of you.
1: Yeah, the lofty stuff is definitely like the feel-good projection and manifestation of those things, but the actual work that goes into it, there's a lot more to go for that. So I agree with Lucas that 30-10-1 today, like those can really break it down into those bite-sized chunk of easier things to do and tasks to do that will eventually feed into that larger vision for yourself in your personal life or your professional life.
0: I met you and you were 19. I can't believe that. It's been that long. (laughs) Not that you're old, but it was a few (laughs) years ago.
2: Um,
0: Yeah. The first time you tell, you ask a 20 something, envision 50 year old you. It blows their mind. I get this feedback all the time. I can't even tell you what I'm having for dinner tomorrow. How could I possibly tell you where I want to be in 30 years? Well, opportunities come and go. And if you miss those windows of opportunity, they never come back. And I don't mean it to be flippant, but, you know, I'm 60 years old, right? I'm never going to win an Olympic gold medal. Did I ever want to? I don't know. But that window's closed. Having children, the window opens and closes. Running PRs. I probably ran my PRs already. I'm still running, but it's not as fast as it was. More like a plodding buffalo. So windows open and close. I was having a conversation a few months ago with a young professional who said, here's my objective. In 10 years, I want to do this. And we started backward planning. There were milestones within the next two years that she had to meet to be on a path to even be eligible for that objective. And so I'm personally one of those people, I don't believe how you can go through life without some kind of this and expect to achieve a life vision that will be fulfilling. So last thing, uh, let's look at all four of these together because I think it's so important to look at all four pillars. So if you're envisioning in your mind's eye a foundation of courage with four pillars on it that are getting ready to hold up the rest of this house of leadership and starting left to right, principled, technically cognitively, emotionally aligned, work family and self-balanced and visionary, you really can't set mortar in any of these until you have all four of them. And even then you're going to be adjusting them at the margins, almost nonstop. So Lucas talked a moment ago about, you know, the vision of a family and and how it ties into his marathon running and how could those possibly be related when you're training for a marathon, it takes hours and hours a day when you get into the long runs you got a young child at home and a wife at home and a house that you own and tons of tasks that need to be done in the house. Oh, and by the way, you have a job that you might have some tasks that are due. How can you possibly find four hours to go run a marathon or even train for a marathon? Well, it fits into the pillars somewhere. I'm sure if we examined it with Lucas, he could tell us maybe it's his S. That's what he does for himself listens to music, listens to books on tape, thinks, meditates, which contributes to him being able to fulfill the vision that they have together as a family, thinking about where am I in this technical, cognitive, emotional alignment? Do I want to be an executive or do I want to be a computer scientist coding? I'm not a computer scientist, so I don't know what you do for a living. So, Rosalie, when you look at your own house, because you've built yours, talk to me about how you put all four of those pillars together.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a big question. I mean, for me personally, if I could think of a way that these all go together, it's that these are very personal to me and that it's like these smaller things happen in my life and these all help me in the direction that I want to go. So for example, I'm really big into um, strength training and being in the gym and stuff like that. For those things, I have a lot of time in my schedule so that I can go and take care of those things. And if I don't do that one day, then I'm not taking care of my S. That's how I view it. I'm not living a healthy life that I'd like to live. And it's not following much in the principled life that I'd like to live as well. So I don't know. It's a hard question to answer because it it's so personal to each individual. And there's a lot of ways that it can play into life every day
2: it's kind of like you're seeing the interrelation between all these now, because, you know, how do I want to look at the the future of my life and how does that relate to people in my life and my, in my own personal time? And then how does it relate to the kind of level of tasks you want to do at work? And then where does all of that come from your principles and like, what's important to you as a person? So It's kind of like you're looking at things through different prisms, but you see like common traits between them, which is, I think, super powerful.
0: Finishing up vision. What are your developmental assignments? Same as as they've always been. Journal, conversations with significant others. This is so super important with this one. Find a leader that you consider especially visionary and go talk to them. Ask them, how do you do that? How does it fit in with your life? Finally, talk to your coach. What is your vision? Start thinking about those thirty-five one today. All right. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you at the next session. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.